Blue Chip Sports Network presents Get in the Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and BlueChipBroadcasting.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Get in the Game. We are going to be talking in episode 88 about the sports startup across the country during quarantine. The gang's all here once again. My partner, Brian Nelson. Welcome, Brian. Good to How's see you. How's it going, Eric? It is going well. I can't complain. Uh, so what well, if you did, nobody would care. Yeah, well, nobody would hear because I'm here by myself. It's just, <laughs> it, it's not going to do any good. Uh, we got the kid, Jordan Santa Maria. What's up, Eric? It's just week two, no AC, struggling. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting through it, though. Uh, hopefully by week three, I'll have some, some cold air going through the house, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll by, let you know. But by, by week three, he'll be talking to a, 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 a deflated volleyball and ask to come rescue him. That's that's what's going to happen. Jordan, the of volleyball is in the pool outside. There you go. There you go. And we've got, of course, the professor Reggie Wright in his uh, with his own cheering section tonight. Yeah, Eric. Uh, so you know, since we've we've moved to to quarantine, get in the game. Uh, we've we've moved to Zoom. Zoom is kind of our vehicle for for recording these shenanigans, and uh, you know. In Zoom, you can choose your own virtual background. So in honor of the restart of, of the National Basketball Association, uh, if you haven't had a chance to catch it, Eric, they, they live feed virtual fans along the sideline of each game. So, you know, games are, or fans are watching the game live via Zoom or some recording device at home, and it projects onto the, the screen while the players play. And so I decided to do the same thing. On my, on my Zoom virtual background, I have my own wall of – of fans who are cheering me on and, and booing Eric as we uh, <laughs> endeavor the, the next 45 minutes or so together. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm glad to be here guys. Cause really I have nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, it's so true. We get open and then we get closed and then we get closed more. And then it just, it's, we're going in the wrong direction out here in California. I'll just tell you that for sure. But tonight, Let's let's just talk. Let's hey, it's just the four of us. Nobody else is paying any attention. So, oh, you've been looking at the ra- you've been looking at the ratings lately. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Eric, Eric, yeah. you're you're such a sweet talker. <laughs> I like it. Hey, hey, hey Reg, he's going for the sympathy vote. I know. Right. It's like he's man. about to. Like, yeah, man. I'm just talking to the folks. I'm just talking to the folks. <laughs> I almost feel like we need. He wants Chelsea to put a poll out there. Which of the four get in the game guys do you feel the most sorry for? <laughs> well, that's going to be Reggie. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. He has to have his own fandom. So I think is it, so, and think about it. No, think about this. Is it Eric, who's in his house, not by himself, his wife is there, which makes him much better, but in his house. Is it Jordan with no AC? Is it Reg who has virtual fandom behind him, or is it me who had to come home from Never Neverland this week? Those are some tough choices. Uh, yeah, I, I, I vote for Jordan. I feel, man, you, the worst. That's got to be on the top five things. If if you if you had to put a poll out there of like what would be the five worst things that could possibly happen to you during quarantine, I'm sure there's pretty <laughs> bad ones that, that people would come up with for one, two, and three. But doggone it, your AC going out has to be in the top four 
or five. When you live in the Central Man. Valley in August, that's got to be probably number one or number two, unless you're trying yeah, to work, then no internet would be the biggest problem. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, just to kind of put Jordan in perspective, he will not take good advice and wear frozen socks to bed. He just won't do it. So that, that was yeah, nice. I don't know about here. the frozen socks. Yeah, uh, that's that's the way to go, Jordan. I'm telling you, man. If if you are having trouble sleeping at night, you you take your socks, you, you get them a little damp. You don't need to, you know, don't make them sopping wet or anything like that. You don't want them to drip. Okay, that'd be weird. You just want to get them a little damp, stuff them in the freezer for about 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour, and then and then when you're ready to curl up, when you're ready to curl up. You know, and, and go night night. You just grab you know. your out of the freezer, and slip them on, and you're good to go. You know, man. this, this so, podcast has almost turned into dual survivor. <laughs> you ever seen that? Like, this is almost the Travel Channel. Like, so, how so to what survive? Reg, what Reggie, what Reggie has neglected to say, is that <laughs> on your way up to bed, you could use that frozen sock as a koozie for the beer you're taking up there. <laughs> there we go. Which will probably do a better way. job of helping you sleep. Yeah, you just, you just don't want to. You don't want to lose track. You got to do that before. You don't want to do that after you've already put it on your foot. That would no. Got to yeah. No, no. So, as we get back to why we're here <laughs> and chat tonight, and we're going to talk about the restart of 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 all the sports and what we are seeing, what we're thinking, how we're interacting with them, who is who is partaking and and watching. And what exactly we are consuming, you know. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll start this thing. Um, I thought that I would be all about every sport as soon as it came back on. I thought I'd be excited, and I was, and I thought I would be enjoying it. But I'm not. I am not. I, I there is nothing that is on right now that for me is absolutely an appointment that I've got to get there and see. Uh, the Giants, my baseball right, has played. What now they're at uh, 12 games right now. They've played 12 games. I may have seen four. I've seen zero basketball. I've seen a soccer game and a half. Uh, and I've seen one golf tournament for a day. And then, you know, maybe three or four swings on another day. I just haven't, I'm not compelled to, to join in. Anybody else with me? Well, you and I, I think watch that same golf tournament together. Yep. Father's Day weekend. So, and I think we're going to blame that on our buddy Dave Woods. So probably would have been the only reason it was on. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you, Eric. I have had, I'm a baseball guy, so I've watched probably the majority of the Giants games on an occasional check in on the A's. Um, basketball, and I like basketball. I have had zero interest whatsoever yeah. in watching it. I now, mean, I don't know if it's basketball in August just sounds weird or maybe it's the fact the Warriors aren't in it. I don't know, but there is just – there is no draw for me there at all. I feel like of all the sports, well, that and hockey, it has been the one that has been the most – felt the most forced. Yeah. Let's go. Let's no. go basketball, guys, though. Let's, are, are you two guys – you know, you both coached. You're both involved in the game. Where are you with the NBA bubble and what's going on? You know, I think I've been a little bit more optimistic towards sports, you know, than you guys talking so far. I think with basketball in particular, 
you know, I know the Warriors aren't in it, and I agree with you, Brian. That's kind of hard because, you know, you always want to follow your team. But for me, I'm kind of following players now that I think that I haven't got to follow in the past. Like, I like seeing, you know, Zion Williamson play, you know, as he's finishing out, you know, his first year and John Morant and some of these other guys, you know, these superstars that you wouldn't get to see, you know, on nationally televised games all the time. Like, you don't get to see Devin Booker playing on the Suns all the time, even though everyone knows he's such a great player. And to be honest, just this past week, there's been some really good games. I thought the Blazer game was really, really well played. Um, we had a 53-point game. I saw T.J. Warren out of anybody to score 50 points. It was T.J. Warren, which was so weird, from the Pacers. He scored on the Sixers. He scored 53 points. You know, it wasn't James Harden. It wasn't some other guy. So I think it's interesting when there's some of these other guys or these young superstars that you kind of get to see more than you would. Reg, what about you? Uh, for me, um, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, I think in, uh, under regular circumstances, my priority list of, of things to watch goes, you know, probably like college football, the NBA, then, then baseball, then maybe the NFL and hockey, uh, uh you know, distant fifth. But, um, as this thing is fired up again, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I've, I've enjoyed baseball. I've, I've loved having sports back on TV. I, you know, I don't even know, it it doesn't really even matter what game it is. It's, it's kind of become not appointment television for me, but, but I'm interested to see who's playing and who's on each day. Uh, Like today I was watching the pirates and the twins. I would never watch the pirates and the twins, but I'm watching them this year because both of them have a shot to make it to the playoffs uh, because you know, the, the season's short. I mean, I know the pirates aren't any good and they're, they're starting slow, but, um, as for the NBA to me, it just feels, it feels forced and it feels in, uh, inauthentic. Just the idea of bringing teams back with, with less of a chance than other teams to make it to the playoffs or trying to finish something that kind of already started and ended months ago. Um, it's like any kind of restart is going to be, have an entirely different feel, to it than the original season that started. So I may be interested once the actual playoffs begin and everybody's on equal footing and everyone has an equal chance, but this whole, like we're restarting it and this team's, you know, like four games out and they've got to basically win out to get in. I'm just not buying that. I, I guess, I guess where that leaves me is do we feel like any of the champions from this year are going to be legitimate or are these kind of asterisk seasons or are they even, you know, more exhibition seasons and kind of bogus because, you know, baseball in 60 games, it kind of sounded attractive at first. And then you realize that not only is it 60 games, but they're going to bring 16 teams into the playoffs and, you know, you're going to have a batting champion who has less than 200 at bats or right at 200 at bats right? And where they normally would have 600 and, you know, is it real? I'm not finding it real, which means then I don't find it compelling. I think for the NBA, I I, I think it's going to be a legitimate championship just because I feel like they've played most of their games and the way it's structured, like Reg is talking about, the teams that are in are probably going to be the teams that we're going to be in anyways, right before this happened. Like, you know, those last one to two spots are going to change. But for the most part, those top six, top five teams have been locked in. And you're going to see, you know, very similar matchups. For you baseball, though, I – oh, go ahead. Sorry, Eric. No, 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 no. You, you don't feel like the NBA lost its momentum? And, and like – because from the time they shut down until the time they started, 
I couldn't tell you who was in first, second, or third place in either conference or division. Couldn't do it. Out of sight, out of mind, and it just may as well have ended. I think when the playoffs start, I think it'll pick up momentum. I really do. I think playoff basketball is playoff basketball no matter what. You're going to get, you know, the certain matchups. It's evil. It's even footing. The guys are going to go all out. I mean, to them, they're going to play like it's a legitimate championship. I really think so. Baseball, I'm totally with you, though. 60 games. I mean, and then the Giants, and we love the Giants. They're still in the hunt at five and seven. Like, that's that, that, that's just tough. Five and seven, and they're 20% through the year. 20% of play. One out of every five games that they're going to play is in the books. I must be the outlier here, but to me, I love that. I love that the Orioles have a chance to make it. They're, you know, up near – they just swept the Tampa Bay Rays, and that could be like – that's equivalent to, um, you know – A 10-game winning streak. The yeah yeah or the Browns beating the 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 Chiefs on Monday night or something like that you know it's that's a huge win that's a huge series um, and it has a major impact on how the season plays out and like I I mean I've grown up I, I would say we're, we're you know I've grown up in a basketball family but but really you know baseball's been a, a close second um, and. I, so I, I love the romantic aspect of 162 game season, the storylines that develop the, you know, all the stuff that comes with a, a, an elongated lengthened season, but man, there is some intrigue with this shortened season. It's like every game is important when otherwise it's not. So why would you ever want a, a lengthy season where two thirds of the games don't really matter? Like it's it's really making me rethink. I'm I'm and I understand it's different. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that there's no fans. Um, so there's you know the the buzz and the electricity that's normally there in, in the stadium is is not there. Um, but man, I I don't know I don't know what it is. I, I I mean I know I'm the outlier. I know all you guys are, are probably on the other side of the coin. But um, it means every game means something. And I, I found baseball very interesting. You know, I think, Eric, for me, baseball, because of the game, I the crowd is important, but the home ballpark, to me, is where the game is unique because each place you go is a little different. You know, whether that be Coors Field or Dodger Stadium or Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, they're each different. And so you get a little bit of home field advantage, even though there's no fans in the stands. To me, basketball, because the crowd is so close, and so, in my opinion, a part of the game from a noise and an energy standpoint, and again, I haven't watched any of the basketball yet, but I would think that there would be a hollowness when you remove that away that maybe isn't quite as noticeable as it would, excuse me, is more noticeable in basketball than it would be in baseball. What are your thoughts? Well, I was, I was listening to a guy on the radio, and, and I'm trying to remember um, – uh, um, Will Purdue, and, and he was giving an interview, and he said in basketball, in basketball in particular, uh, the home court is so important because the crowd is valuable. It makes a tangible difference. When you come out and you've got twenty-five to 30,000 people screaming for you uh, versus making either no noise or screaming against you, it just gives you that much more juice. And I think 
for basketball in particular, I think football will kind of be that way, particularly college football when they get started. You take fans out of the equation and you're taking a big part of the experience of that event, that communal, that, 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 that people of multiple backgrounds all coming together for one purpose is gone, right? And so they can pump all the fake noise into the stadium that they want. To me, I keep checking my sound to make sure I don't have feedback coming from somewhere because it's just, to me, it's just awful. It, 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 it doesn't help create an ambiance. And, you know, if, if people aren't there, it just, it, it, it becomes a one-on-one experience with me and the TV. And when I do a sporting event, I want it to, to be communal. Even when I went to a little league game that, that one of my kids played in, Part of the fact, aside from my kid playing, was that it was communal. I had two or three buddies, and we could talk, and we could talk intelligently about the game afterwards and during it. And it was a, it was an experience of more than just me sitting watching something happen. And how much of that, Eric, do you think is the fact? Ignore even the fans, but part of the fun of sports, and we've all done this together, is getting together to watch a game together with your buddies, and that's not really available right now. Can't happen. We can't. And so. It championship that party at your place. relationship building opportunity as well. You know, do you, do you guys think that the competitive nature is has lessened though? Because this is just my opinion in basketball, as I've been watching and I've watched a couple games, I don't really feel like the competitiveness has fallen now just because I, I almost think it's like a competitive open gym where like, because there's less people, it's almost like you're getting picked on in that individual matchup, if that makes sense. So like you almost have to go harder. Just because there's less people, it's a more intimate setting. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, when I'm in an open gym and I'm playing and I know that, you know, Giannis on Tentacupo is coming at me, I can't just get dunked on here. Like, it's going to be the biggest thing. That's going to be the thing on SportsCenter, you know? So I think that that type of competitiveness, I think I've still seen. Like, do you guys feel like it's lessened in sports? No, I don't think so. I think the competitiveness, because they're – you're really playing for yourself now. It used to be they would say, we're playing for ourselves and for the fans. Well, there's no fans there. So now you are playing exclusively for yourself. So I could see that, especially in basketball, how that could be a factor. And in baseball, the guys seem to have energy and playing hard and all that kind of stuff. I just think that, as Eric said, just the, the one-on-one nature of sports. I mean, I enjoy watching a ball game by myself once in a while. But it's a lot more fun to watch it with four, five, six, eight, ten guys. It, you know, it's just it's more enjoyable, and and I think that's we've lost that just because of the circumstances. You know, Jordan, I, I think um, basketball is one sport, or is the sport amongst all of the the major four. Uh, you know, baseball, basketball, uh, hockey, and football that has the ability to maintain that competitiveness and that, that high level of competition over the others in that, um, you know, when the ball's in play, it, it, the action is live and it's quick and there's always something going on, you know, with, with foot. So, so in other words, what I'm saying is I think basketball is one of those sports where, um, fans matter, but in terms of, um, a fan's impact on the level of competition or the level of play, I would say it's probably the least just because, you know, if you look at a sport like football or baseball, uh, the attention span that is required for guys to stay focused on every snap or every pitch 
Um, you know, if they're just out in the outfield with, with no action. With fans out there, you know, you've got guys yelling from the bleachers at the left fielder who hasn't seen a ball for three innings, right? And that keeps you engaged. And you hear, um, you know, the, the oohs and ahs at the crack of, a, of the bat or, or, you know, the boos at, a, at an outside fastball that was called a strike that should have been called a ball or whatever, right? That keeps you engaged. Football, uh, same way. Third, third down and four. Everybody gets up on their, you know, the stands – or the, the fans get up in the stands and, and go crazy – um, I, I think, I think in those sports there, you know, you do kind of see a, a waning, but with basketball, you know, you're, you're right. Like I've, you know, I've been to open gyms that are, that are very highly competitive. Um, so I can't even imagine what an NBA level, uh, glorified open gym would be like. So, so I see what you're saying and it pains me greatly to say, Reg, you made a lot of good points in there, but you made, you made some good points in there and I'll just give that to you. Um, my, my virtual fans are, are coming around you, Eric. They're warming up. They were giving, but you know, yeah, they're they're giving you some props. But here's my thing: I think the level of competitiveness is is still there because athletes. That's why they do what they do. It's how they got involved in the games in the first time is to win. But I do think there is an element of intensity that is missing because the, the 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 tension created by a crowd one way or the other you know when you get down to that last game winning free throw the intensity created by the crowd one way or the other plays a factor in basketball it plays a factor when you've got a runner on second and third and one out in the bottom of the ninth inning and the batter is up and everybody's on their feet the the the, the atmosphere changes and you can't replicate that with plastic cutouts or cardboard cutouts or virtual fandom um, you can't pump enough noise through the stadium to and eric knows because he's tried he's he's set up cardboard cutouts in his kitchen while he try, while he makes a sandwich you know and he'll it's and it's not as good as the real thing go into his hands you know trying to mimic oh and here eric, and eric goes for the mayonnaise <sighs> yeah Hey Jordan. It's Jordan. So in Eric's cutter, kitchen cardboard cutouts, do you think it's Reg and Red and his family because they are related, or do you think it's somebody else? You know, maybe it's. Uh-uh. Oh look, he's not. Look. He's not taking Reg. Look, no. I I don't have to have a cardboard cutout of Reg and fam in my kitchen. They're there a lot. <laughs> Reg is on the Reg is on the refrigerator. He is with a small portrait of himself. I don't need that cardboard cutout. Guess what you're getting for Christmas? <laughs> you ever heard of Fathead? It's a company uh, that'll blow up a picture for you. Uh, I don't need it. You're there all the time. But, and, and in social distancing, Eric, instead of being in the kitchen, he's outside the kitchen window waving, kind of asking, you know, hoping to pass him a little bit of baloney. <laughs> truth, be, truth be told, there's a lot of nights when I wish he was outside the kitchen window. <laughs> I don't need him in my kitchen. Uh, I, 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 for every anybody who knows me, I love Reggie, and he's walking to <laughs> my house all the time to eat all our food. But hey, what is <laughs> so, I, I want to kind of transition. I want to talk a little bit about football getting started because I was listening today. And the steps that coaches are taking to limit the closeness as much, I guess, as you can in football, 
but as far as meeting rooms and so forth, the Niners met in the United Club for their team meeting. It's this massive room that you could social distance 100 people and nobody would be with, have to be within 20 feet of one another. You know, you need, a, need an entire, you know, PA system so everybody can hear, but everybody's separated. So Seattle's doing a morning practice and an afternoon practice, and it's two different groups, whether it be offense, defense, or however that looks. How is that all going to work, and how do you think that's going to impact the game on the field when we get to September? Well, and my question is going to be, before we let the two people who are closest to that kind of thing, Reggie and Jordan, answer, how does that affect team chemistry, right? How does that, you know, part of a team sport is developing bonds with other individuals, bonds that are hard to break, bonds that, that, that you're working in the trenches with. And now every day, the closest you can get to them, you can't even, you know, you can't even give a high five. You're 10 feet away from them. You don't even practice at the same times anymore. For baseball, when the Giants practice, they're doing it in shifts, right? And so you don't even see guys that are on your team that you're going to go to battle with. And I'm just curious how you guys think that'll affect along with, you know, what Brian is saying. And you guys are, have dealt with teams the closest, the most recent. So you will have a better perspective. I mean, I, I, I would think that if, if every team is holding to the standards, yeah, it's going to have an effect on your team chemistry and camaraderie and things like that. Um, but let's be real. A lot of this is for show. I mean, I know that there are protocols that are supposed to be followed. Let's just take baseball, for example, because they've started. Okay, We don't know exactly what the NFL is going to look like. They haven't, they haven't officially kicked off. Um, but baseball has started, and apparently they, each team was issued a 100-plus page manual of COVID-19 protocols that every team was supposed to follow, yada, yada, yada. And then the games start, and I'm watching guys in the dugout, like, shoulder to shoulder without masks. Some of them are wearing masks. Half of them aren't. They're high-fiving. They're, you know, they're, they're doing all the stuff that they normally would do. They're, they're mock social distancing, social distance celebrating walk-off home runs where they, you know, like the guy trots around the bases and then he comes into home plate and everybody stands three feet apart and jumps up and down. And then they all smile and then get together and hug each other and walk off through the, through the, through the tunnel, you know, arm in arm. So, I think in theory, the protocols are there um, to, to keep players safe. But ultimately, um, I, I just – I don't – and, you know, and maybe that's why we're seeing teams like the Cardinals and the Marlins and the Phillies have these, have these COVID breakouts. Um, well, but, to correct, Reg, the Phillies have only had two people, neither one a player. They were done. Okay, they were quarantined for protection, not because they had positive tests. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, I think to hear that the Niners are, you know, have this, this, uh, you know, this, you know, that they're social distancing their team meetings in this hall with a lot of space. It's it's all well and good, and it plays well to the media. But in 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 reality, I I kind of get the feeling that it's not playing out that way. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how each team and organization is affected. Um, hopefully, they don't have uh, you know any 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 breakouts. But you know, I guess that's the risk that they run. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you from a from a coaching perspective. 
from a coaching perspective, I'd be super nervous with the team chemistry and the camaraderie and things. Um, and especially for, for, for two groups, first of all, the rookies, um, the rookies are going to be the guys that need the most attention, right? I mean, you're giving them this playbook in training camp, you're giving them all these, you know, different things that are getting thrown to them. And, and like being a coach at, you know, division two college basketball, I know the mind of a 20 to 25 year old. And when you, you don't have the intimacy and that, that repetition of that coach and that bond to make right off the bat, it can get, you know, a little iffy because by the time we get to pads, if we're talking about the NFL or by the time, you know, game one hits and, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not comfortable with this play. I'm not comfortable with this scheme. You're going to be in trouble. Right. And then uh, I think the second group would be, you know, the big time free agents. You know, if we're looking at a team like, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you can't have your units really, you know, together on the practice field, drilling as much as they want to do, you know, Tom Brady getting the touches with his guys as much as he would, you know, in any other circumstance, it's going to be hard. And I, you know, and I know he's Tom Brady, but I mean, do you want to bet on that on a, you know, on a modified type season training camp? Um, so I think those are, those are definitely some chemistry, you know, hiccups that can come off, especially in the first, you know, a couple games when the season starts. So Brian, as we as we transition back, let's take a little bit of a look at football. Now football has announced that there's going to be no preseason games. How much do you think that will change the year? You know, everybody has said they wanted no preseason, you know, less preseason games, no preseason, whatever. But in a way, preseason has been the 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 countdown that builds momentum for an NFL opening week kickoff. Not going to have that this year. Is that a thing or is it not a thing? I think it's a big thing. And I think it is a bigger impact on the teams that have new players at key positions. I'll give you a team that is kind of the, you know, they won the off season and that's Tampa Bay with Brady coming in there. Now all of a sudden you're not going to have the opportunity other than practice to work with him. You're not going to go against anybody other than your own guys to work with him to get a sense of how that all comes together. I think that's a big negative for them. And I think it really helps teams that have most everybody coming back. Saints, Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, the teams that were really good last year that didn't lose a lot of people, didn't add a ton of people, are not going to be relying exclusively on a bunch of rookies. I think they have a big advantage over some of these other teams that have had roster turnover because things will be a little more natural and a little more comfortable for them. And I think everybody's going to be, you know, everyone's playing at a little bit of a disadvantage because of the inability to practice and to do things the way that they're used to doing. Okay, that's from a team perspective, but do you guys think it will hinder the NFL from a fan perspective because again that countdown is as much for the fans and getting ready for the regular season and let's be let's be let's be truthful let's let's speak truth whether it's right or wrong I'm not going to say whether it's appropriate or inappropriate I'm not going to say I'll just say Eric (laughs) we all all know that the of, of people who because of some of the 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 political stances or protests or whatever that 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 may be going on may choose to pull themselves away from, let's just say, football. Now, we know that if they have four preseason games, that they'll pull themselves away from the first preseason game and then maybe pull themselves away mostly from the second. And then, But they will have four of those dress rehearsals to get over it. 
and to realize it's it's not a big deal, you know that it 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 shouldn't impact whether you enjoy watching the sport or not. In my opinion, um, but they won't have that run up. So will there be what will it affect viewership and fanship without the preseason in this weird year? No, I think the NFL is such a monster that I think. And based on some of the things that they're talking about doing for the first week, I think you may see a initial, I'll use the term backlash or reduction of viewers potentially. But I think it's one of those things, if your team is good, you will eventually, like you said, get over it and you will get on the bandwagon. I think if your team is not good and you struggle with some of the things that are being pushed, I think, yeah, you maybe you stay away for the year. I think it's a lot easier to stay away when your team isn't good than when your team is good. Does that make sense? No, I'm right with you, Brian. And I think, you know, in general, I feel like it's something that should be anticipated, right? I mean, we've seen it in the MLB start and the NBA start. I mean, they, they've kind of got the dress rehearsal through the other sports, you know, if you're a sports fan and not just a football fan. And I mean, like, like he's saying, if, if you're competitive, you know, if your team is in the hunt, if you're, you know, a Super Bowl contender, you're going to watch. And football, it's America's game, right? I mean, that's the, that's the game that everyone has been waiting for. Um, I think it's still going to do well, you know, with the fans. Yeah, I don't think I don't think preseason impacts the NFL one way or the other. I mean, I think, um, you know, I can see this going. I think it's going to be an extreme, either one way or the other. Either the NFL isn't going to be affected by this at all, and it's going to give people a chance to gather together in small groups or with their immediate families and come together and, and make, you know, the Sunday afternoon games the the event of the week and, and kind of um, find some semblance of normalcy amidst all this quarantining and, and all the changes in our society right now um, for people to get together and, and share a plate of nachos or whatever and you know, tailgate in the living room, if you will, um, or or it's going to be the complete opposite and the NFL is going to be the sport that's hit the worst because it's the ultimate catch-all for the mediocre sports fan who maybe doesn't necessarily care so much about whether the team is good or not, but they're there for the tailgate and they're there for the, you know, because they're, they're, you know, whatever their, their buddy is dressing up like a, like a half naked Viking or whatever, you know, like, um, maybe there, right. Um, and so, uh, had to pick on the Minnesotans, didn't you? Why, why would he talk about a half naked Viking? They live where it's below zero. <laughs> hey, because they play in a dome. Curious and want to show up. I mean, how's he going to keep his underarms warm? Eric, wow. <laughs> if they play in a dome. He doesn't have to be can go half naked. So, so if that's the case, you know, where, where um, if it becomes more just all about the football, because there's no fans in the stands, the commercial, you know, the commercials are dead, whatever. Um, there's not the activity in the, in the parking lot, you know, six hours leading up to the game, then football could, could be hit hard. So it's, it's hard. I think it's one extreme or the other. I don't really think it just is kind of always is here's the two things will you be allowed to bet on the games and will fantasy football leagues still exist if the answer is yes to both of those things football will have tremendous interest let's just be honest sure that's probably true this is really going to put to the test that old adage where they say football is a sport that was created for tv 
right? Most people believe that football can be played without any, that it is made for, hockey is not made for TV. You know, baseball made for radio. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Basketball is made to be seen in person, um, but but does do well on TV as well. Um, Golf is meant to be played, not watched. Uh, <laughs> Not always played well, just played. No, no, just played. But football is really the sport that has been kind of, that it, it fits TV really well. So we'll put that to the test this year. So overall, as we start to wrap this thing up, overall, the experience in sports viewing for y'all. On a what, scale of one to ten? Yeah, better, worse, are you going to, you know, where are we with this whole startup in an overarching, broad kind of way? Is it even appropriate? You know, there, there are some out there who don't think it's appropriate to be playing at all right now. And there are some out there, you know, the, the fringe 5% on each side, right? You shouldn't be doing anything. And, you know, what the heck, just do the whole thing the regular way, you know? But but we're we're trying to create this middle ground where they kind of do some and don't do others and it affects everything. How is it affecting you guys as fans overall and the experience of watching? You know, I think if we were doing like a scale of one to 10, I'm probably at like a seven right now. I'm happy that sports are back. I'm not super excited and super into, you know, if we start with the NBA I think once we get to the playoffs, I think I'm going to be very intrigued. I think I'm going to be watching just as if this whole COVID thing wasn't happening. I think they're going to be competitive. I think the games are going to be good. It's going to be an even playing field. I think we'll be rock a blah in the NBA. With baseball, I'm proud of baseball because I think they have had the most problems with COVID. But for the most part, I feel like they've been able to check it as fast as they could in the best way possible and are trying to make the most of it. I hope they finish the season. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, and football, I have major concerns, even if they're going to start. That's just me with football. But I think mm-hmm. at a seven, and I think once playoffs hit, I'll probably be, you know, eight or nine. Super happy it's back. So so Jordan is at a seven, and his is being driven by um, driven by the basketball thing. Reggie looks like he's gone to sleep and left us for a while, so we're just going to skip him for now. <laughs> hey, Reg. We're going to poke him a little bit now. This, Eric, is where we wish we had video still going. That's right. That's right. Brian? Reg has now gone to La La Land. I was at Never Never Land last week. He is in La La Land. He is. Eyes closed. At least his mouth is closed. He has the frozen sock all over his body right now. (laughs) Wow. And now he just left all together. He's had enough. Um, Brian, let's go to you. Let, let, let's talk you know, about I'm say I'm you probably, Eric, I'm up. probably in a five to six range. Um, oh, there's Reg. He's back. Somebody woke him up. I'm not sure who. Oh God, that guy's ahead. I really want to get Reg's perspective before I jump in. So, Reg, scale okay. of one to ten, where are you with sports right now? And your fandom and your, your interests. Um, golly. It's such a broad question. Um, I think – with stuff that I'm normally really into, on a scale of one to ten, I'm about a three or a four. Like I, 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 I normally every year I look forward to college football. I'm a huge 
uh, University of California fan. You guys know that. But I, I love just college football in general. Um, and I'm not really looking forward to it all that much with teams only playing within their conference and no fans. Um, I, you know, that's lacking for me. Same with the NBA in a lot of regards. Um, I, you know, I, I wish I could get on, on Jordan's bandwagon and, and like love it. Like he's loving it. Cause I miss it. You know, there's definitely, you know, the, the days can get boring. Um, so in, in, in terms of things that I normally enjoy, I'm at a four. However, things that I normally don't enjoy, uh, like Pirates uh, twins on a at noon on a Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I, I will say Major League Baseball, for me, the only thing that's lacking is the, is the crowd noise. I am loving baseball right now. And I, don't, I can't explain it other than the fact that every game kind of matters and it's worth watching. Otherwise, I'd never watch these games. Um, so the things that I normally wouldn't care about, I would give like a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I will tell you guys, I've even, you know, for a stretch there before baseball came back, I got into marble racing on YouTube. You know, they, <laughs> this guy that does that, oh, thing, man. that makes race courses in like the dirt out of marbles and he'll race them. And it was semi-intriguing. He's got colors for each of the different countries, you know, and I watched, I watched USA make it through four rounds and, and finally lose to Uruguay in the finals. I mean, it, you know, like, that's, that's what this quarantine has done to me, okay? Okay. Well, Reg, you wow. weren't that far into the same area to start with, so you have obviously crossed over now. <laughs> oh, Well, man. maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, okay, so. For the MLB. All right, Eric, I'm going to say I'm a five or six for baseball because I love the game, but it's not appointment TV. But if I've got nothing else going on, it beats – Staring at the wall, yeah. Especially if my wife's not home, then there's like you know I love my dogs, but hey, you know can only play fetch so much. Basketball, I'm at a, I'm literally at a zero. I I literally and I don't know why I just have zero interest in what they're doing, I, and I don't know why. Because like Jordan said, I think there's some very interesting storylines. Can the Bucs win the championship? Is it going to be LeBron? Are the Clippers going to turn it on the playoffs? What about the Celtics, the Nuggets? I mean, there's a lot of intrigue, but I just, I just not interested in being a customer right now. And I don't know why. Just there's no interest. Um, hockey, yeah, no. And the NFL, I'm with Jordan. I just, I, I know they're going to make it happen. I'm just logistically and, and realistically, I'm just trying, I'm struggling to figure out how you're going to do that. I mean, I thought Eric last in episode 85, I thought your explanation of the, how you get this disease with the airborne. And then you went and brought us all mentally back to below freezing games on the frozen tundra of Lambeau field. Right. I thought that was a great visual picture of A, why we wear a mask, and B, how difficult this is going to be for football more than any other sport to make this work. And so that's just kind of where I'm at. I would tell you, for me, and I am, I love sports. My entire life has been built around sports. And um, if it's on and it's competitive, I would probably watch Marble Racing with Reggie if, if, 
if we could. Um, anytime, Jordan, I'm thinking you and I would not be on that same boat. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's anything, a very sign. Eric and Reggie, don't, don't marble racing. No, <laughs> anything that is competitive. I like auto racing, right? I like, and, and it's more, it's yeah. left yeah. turn, left turn. But I like it because it's competitive. And yet what I have found in this whole deal is that I am happy that they're back. But after five months or four months without a thing, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not urgently participating. I mean, I, I, my, my level right now is about a three. Um, I don't like what they're having to do. I don't like the compromises they're having to make. And I don't, it, it, it it's tough to look at for me. Now this is just me and I, I'm not even going to say it, but I, I, I could be weird. Um, don't you, Reggie. You just sit there. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, uh, uh, I was excited about a 60-game MLB season, and now I'm watching. I'm going, no, that, that, uh, you're not going to be able to see the real baseball play out. I, the, the, the whole bubble with the NBA, I just can't get reengaged. Um, I, I am really afraid of what they're going to do to college football this year. And I tell you what, I will straight out, if I was a college athlete in any sport this year, at any level this year, I would redshirt so fast and make your hearts, your, your head spin because you're not going to get any games and you're not going to get any, it's just not the same. You play to win and you play to play and there's going to be limited number of games there's going to be no fans. It's just going to, it, it, it would not be enjoyable. And, and then with the NFL starting, I just don't know what they're going to happen. So I put myself at about a three and that hurts. That hurts. And, and, and I wish it wasn't that way, but uh, the whole quarantine and everything that is happening this year has really sucked it out of me in terms of what I've got, you know, left to give for sports. Well, and Eric, I think because maybe where we live, where we're one of the biggest hotspots in the country, you know, our state and our, our area, our County you know, in particular. Yeah. Our County in particular, it's, it's very sobering when you look at the statistics day in and day out and they don't get any better. In fact, they get worse and that, you know, all of a sudden it feels almost, well, a, it's just not nearly as obviously as important, obviously, but second of all, it almost feels a little, you almost feel a little guilty enjoying something irreverent. Exactly. It, it just feels a little, a little strange. Yeah. And that's, that's hard for guys like us though, who this is our life and this is what we, we broadcast and we can't do that. And uh, you coach and you can't do that. And, um, it's just, you root and it feels weird to do that. Yeah. Go ahead, Reg. That's that's more along the lines of, of what it is for you guys. Like <laughs> with with baseball specifically, since since the NBA is kind of trying to redo something or, or finish something that was already started or whatever, they're they're kind of a unique situation. But baseball is is starting from the beginning of the year and they're trying to play out a season, right? Yes, it's condensed, but they're trying to complete something that they normally would anyways from start to finish. Um, would you say it's more the circumstances within 
your experience or, or with, with the country right now and where it's at um, that is affecting your enjoyment of the game or is it the game itself? Is it the lack of fans? Is it the change in rules, the change in format? What, what would you say? I think like, it's probably more you, the, I think it's more the former. What do you think, Eric? Maybe just cause we're getting old. Uh, I, for, for this old guy, I think it is a combination of the two that because of where I sit and the things I'm learning about myself, right? Because of what I've been through with my wife, because of the pandemic, because of the, the racial and social unrest, because of the political unrest, because of the economic unrest, I, I, have, I, I feel an enormous amount of stress and pressure on those outside forces, okay? And so then when you look for a release, when I look for a release, and, and I go to sports, and I see them trying to get a baseball season in and they're trying to do it with 60 games and they're trying, they're not being hundred percent successful yet. And they're doing it with no fans and no, it's not the same outlet that it used to be. You know, I, 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 I am, I, I, I can't celebrate with friends. I can't watch games with friends. I can't go to games with friends is being a part of, uh, of a season ticket package and having a few games every year that, you know, you take somebody that's that's special to you, you have a great day, that no longer exists. So that release is not as fulfilling. And so I think it's the combination of the two. I I, I really do. And I, I've got my priorities right now have shifted. And it's not all about, for me, it's not all about me anymore. And remember, being a sports fan, it's all about your joy and your excitement, right? And your pleasure at that kind of a thing. And I'm realizing now that I need to do some things to, to work on some social justice issues. I need to do some things to protect my family economically. I need to do some things to get involved politically. I need to do some things to make sure we stay healthy. And because of all of that, sports has kind of ratcheted down a little for me. But and, and then when I go to sports and I don't get what I, what I need, what I, what, what I want that release it's just not as enjoyable so I think maybe I'm 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 different than a lot of people but that's kind of that's what I'm experiencing Brian I think that makes a lot of sense good Rich um I think often I I think you know we as a country have often looked to sports to remind us of normalcy to remind us of of um the way of life and the culture that we have, as a country have built like I, I'm, I'm thinking back to 9-11 right you know and I'm, I'm thinking about the the yankees um playing their first games following the 9-11 tragedy and uh the way that that just kind of brought the country back together and it was um just a very poignant and symbolic moment for who we were as a country at that point in time in rallying around each other and um, celebrating our, our nation's pastime. It, it, we weren't, it, it wasn't just about a game at that point. It was about culture. It was about culture. And, and we, um, as a country, rallied around and, and celebrated our culture at that moment in time. But now when we flip on a game and there's nobody in the stands 
players aren't allowed to really inter or they're not supposed to be interacting. Um, and the, the emphasis is more on the precautions than the game itself. Um, we're not quite there yet. We're not at a place to where we can celebrate normalcy or celebrate our pastime. Because it's not, that's not what it is yet. And so I, I understand that side of the coin. And I think, and I think Reg, it's, it's because, you know, there's no foreseeable end to this, right. And in, in what we're in, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, like it, I think with the Yankee thing, or even if we talk about the Red Sox with Boston strong, there's, you know, that was the healing process. We're trying to get past it. But right now we're currently in a state where, you know, we, we don't know. There's a lot of, you know, confusion. There's a lot of, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I think that even makes it even harder. Yeah. I think that point is perfect, Jordan, because sports, and, and for two reasons. Number one, it had happened and now the healing process had begun. And second of all, it, it, those circumstances brought communities and a country together. We are so fractured right now as a country and a community that, you know, it's almost like we don't deserve to have something to come together until we can get our, you know, what together. And I don't want to get on a, on my high horse here on a soapbox, but until we, why would you stop now? (laughs) But until that can start to have some healing from both directions, it ain't just one side until there's healing from both directions. It, I think things are going to be difficult, and I think things are going to be hard. And I think that sports is not going to be the escape. It's not going to be the purity that we maybe falsely envisioned it to be. And as a result, it's, it is going to feel a little different. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you know what'll fix it though? Kanye West for president in <laughs> Eric, do you want to do the disclaimer or shall oh I? Oh wow. All opinions cards and on get in the game do not necessarily reflect the management no. of blue chip broadcasting. No. We oh, we man. just lost all of the Kardashian fans. They're gone. No more listeners because we had yeah, there's a lot that, of we undercover were, ones too. I'm telling you, we were oh, doing man. we were doing well with the Kardashian crew. <laughs> the Kardashians oh, themselves or the fans of the Kardashian family. I, I think we had oh. them all, but, but now that that demographic is gone. Oh, mama! Yeah. Oh, goodness! But but so. I think I think that's but I mean you guys get to where I'm coming from. There's you know to truly appreciate and enjoy some enjoy something unique and special. You kind of got to get your house in order. Well, until we get our house in order, and that's going to take time on a multitude of levels and a multitude of areas, it's not going to have the same unique and specialness that maybe we wanted it to, or it used to have. Here's the good news. We're not, let's, let's end on something positive. Here's the good news. When we do get to that point and when we get past the current situation that we're in and things begin to settle down, sports will be a part of the healing process. It's the only time that you can get 60,000, if you start at basketball, 30,000 people in an arena to 100,000 people in a stadium with basically 
shoulder to shoulder, different views politically, economically, socially, um, spiritually. Everything's different, but they can come together for a moment. And they can realize, you know, dude, you're not that bad. You, 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 you like the Niners too. I may not vote the same way you do. I may not eat the same food you do, I, whatever. But, you know, we can hang out because we've got this common bond all at one time in a singular location and hear our voices, right? Because that's, I, I think that's a part of it too that we didn't even touch on. When you're a fan and you go to a game, what you really want to do, part of what you're doing is you want to be heard and you make noise. And you cheer loud or you yell at an umpire or you, 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 you boo or whatever. It's because you want to be heard. We don't have that opportunity. And that's something that we can all do together. Um, and that will be an important part of the healing process coming out of this type of a, of a year. A, a year that, you know, you, you hate this. I haven't lived in every year in history, though I've been close. <laughs> hey, hey Reg. No, after that diatribe, don't you just want to give Eric an amen? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, reach up. Uh, uh, give me an elbow. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, you have been listening to episode 88 of Get in the Game, and we kind of laid it out on the line what we're feeling about what's going on with sports in this particular time frame and during the pandemic and social unrest and economic uncertainty. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope we, we 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 shared a little bit about what we felt. Maybe we we enlightened you on a couple of things. Maybe we kind of were silly and stupid and missed the point entirely. But hopefully you enjoyed your listening experience. Brian, we got a couple of good shows that we're planning and are in the wings. Why don't you tell us about them? Well, we got one, Eric. Well, we're going to talk about broadcasters, sports announcers. We might even get into pre and post game type things you know, and talk about the guys that bring you the games, whether it be on television, the radio, those that prep the game before it begins, those who talk about it after it's over. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, both current and past, and maybe give you a little bit of insight into some of the great sportscasters that were even before Eric and my time. Yes, there were people that did call games before Eric and my time, and teach you a little bit about that and talk about some of the ones who are currently the best at what they do and so that should be a lot of fun and then the other one i think rich and i talked about rich talked about too is we're going to dive into some of the, the things going on with college football and how the decisions that are made on college football have such an intricate impact upon all other sports on campuses at every division level in the NCA. This is not just about the SEC. What happens with the SEC impacts the other major conferences, the minor conferences, and the lower levels. And so we're going to dive into that here in a couple of weeks as we get closer to college football. We're going to do some homework and really try to bring some things to light and to really talk about hopefully some things that will allow us to enjoy college football at some point and why it is such an important part and why it's being pushed so hard to happen because financially it is such an important piece of the universities in our country 
both athletically and, believe it or not, academically. And, and Reg, you brought up a great point of things that are going on in the Pac-12 that we just have to dive into. Yeah, uh, so recently um, a group of, of college football players banded together and, and put out a letter, basically a, um, a, you know, a pseudo-declaration of independence, if you will, making a list of demands of what they believe college football or the Pac-12 specifically needs to put in place in terms of safety measures for COVID-19 before they're ready to play. But then they also cleverly packaged in a couple of additional elements that I think will be really uh, interesting to talk about one of them being some sort of revenue sharing program, uh, an avenue for, for college athletes to be compensated for their names and likenesses. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously that's becoming a more and more hot button issue with, with amateur athletics, but I, you know, be interesting to talk to you guys about that. So I don't, I don't know about Jordan, but I know I've got a couple of years eligibility left. If they pass the 50, 50 revenue sharing, I'm going out for SC football. Look, all I know is I'm I'm gonna be upset because I Mr. Pickles is what I, I grew up on in my in my college years. And, it, and if they start getting some fillets and lobster, I'm gonna have some big problems. I'm just saying. Hey Jordan, do you remember what I said when I used what I used to eat before games? Macaroni and cheese and yogurt. Mr. Pickles sounds pretty oh, good. That that's just gross. That that's gonna have to be that's gonna have to be another podcast. Pre-game yes. meals. So that's what's coming up on Get In The Game. We're going to be talking a little bit about broadcasters, and then we're going to open up some college football. Uh, what we want to do is, is tell you, if you've enjoyed yourself at all, thought this was worthwhile at all, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. If you don't like us, tell your enemies. You know, then, then they have to listen through this. But get them involved with Get In The Game and have them listen. Find us on, on Apple iTunes, on um uh, I believe we're on Skecher. I believe we're Stitcher. Stitcher. Not on Skecher. Skecher's a shoe. I wear Skechers. I wear Skechers. <laughs> in Stitcher. Oh my this is why I this is why I don't do this part. Oh my god. Eric, Eric does his taxes on an abacus. So give him a break, okay? We're well, gonna a post a picture of Eric on wheelies. That's gonna and be you can, picture. <laughs> you can look us up on our website and have access to all 88 podcast but one thing we want to leave you with for my partner brian for mr jordan santa maria and for the professor reggie wright my name's eric davis saying no matter where you are no matter what you're doing get in the game you've been listening to get in the game an exclusive presentation of the blue chip sports network get in the game with eric brian reggie and jordan on itunes the blue chip broadcasting youtube channel and blue chip broadcasting.com